Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berta Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. Today we have a special show, kind of a look back show. Um, as you guys know, I, yesterday I brought in uh, Michael uh, Levitin from the who wrote the book on the Occupy movement, and uh, I played a, a part in the Occupy movement, documenting it all throughout the country. And uh, you know, I, I, I today is the well, let's go ahead and talk about what the show is going to be first. First of all, t- title of the show today is Occupy Wall Street 10th Anniversary. What did it all mean? Was it successful? Many will attempt Many will attempt to highlight all that Occupy Wall Street got wrong. Given oligarchical headwinds, I think it did quite well. It had some problems, but I think it did quite well. And I have some videos that I took in D.C., in Houston, in Kingwood that I want to show you guys as well of what occurred during that time, show you what the feeling was like, what it felt like. It felt like we were really doing something because we were. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it was a time. It was a time where we thought, where we were sure we're making a difference. Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard. AVQ, welcome aboard. Folks, if you're just joining us, please, uh, if you are on YouTube, please click that, uh, what is it called, uh, thumbs up right away, please, so that we can start getting our numbers up. Please hit, click on the thumbs up right now. If you are on uh, Facebook or whatever, click the like button to like whatever form you have to like the, the, the program. Please go ahead and thumbs up it. Do whatever you can with it. Anyhow, let's get it started. Michael Rudnan wants me to put something on the screen. No reason to try anymore. Welcome to the party of learned helplessness. I can do that. There we go, Michael Rudnan. Looking through my FB wall every time I post about climate change, I get zero likes, comments, and shares. I've sent. It, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We are living through the last few years. Uh, we can do something about global warming. Learned helplessness. Hap- we want to be hapless. We will be starting next decade if we don't choose to act now. Don't feel too bad about not seeing likes and stuff on it. It's by design. I feel I don't have I don't I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but what you just said you saw, Michael, is are things that I see. Let me give you an example. When you find people given serious information on any one of these social networks, any one of these platforms uh, that put certain things in question, but that you are serious and real, you have a tendency to have to overperform. I'm not the only one who've seen this. Uh, We think the algorithms tries to keep things more noisy than fact-based and serious and, and, and again, like I said, I, I'm, not into, I'm not into conspiracy theories, but I can give you examples of, if I have a, a, a sh- I remember one of my most performing show, 500-something people on one shot, one time. And it was on something rather silly. But the name wasn't, you know, it, it was obvious that it wasn't going to be a detailed show. It's, it was obvious that it wasn't going to be a probing show. And that show got shares and likes and the works. What that meant is not that more people just like to be shallow. I think it's actually the algorithm that rewards shallowness. I've, I've, I've made experiments with titles, what they like to call clicky, ti- clicky titles, right? All clicky titles aren't clicky. It has to be the right kind of topic for a clicky title to be clicky. When I tell you on all these platforms, we are actually hoodwinked. I'm really serious. You know, we're, we're here. They give us a certain amount of leeway. After all, it's not ours. Free enterprise. You can do as you please. If you want to cut me out, you can. Folks, if you're just joining us on YouTube, please give me a thumbs up on YouTube to help the algorithm say that, ah, this is something that more people should see. So please go ahead and click that thumbs up on this video. But so I think there's a concerted effort for us to be a bit more shallow. We don't want people doing any in-depth thinking because if we do too much in-depth thinking, we're going to see that 
this is a system that's not working right and we can we actually have the wherewithal to make a change. We have the wherewithal to make a change. And that is the, these are all the things that we talked about at Occupy, we wanted to do at Occupy. And yes, we were extinguished because a, a, a counter-narrative was created and it gave the impetus. After that counter-narrative, we, we had the blessing of everybody, a lot of people for a while. But when that counter-narrative was created, it made it plausible that it was okay for the cops to come into Houston and Dallas and, and New York as Zuccotti Park and, and Portland and, 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 and uh, uh, what's the other place that I, that I hung out at? Um, Providence and, and all these places. It was then okay to just come and bulldoze those guys out of, out of commission and, 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 and think that would have ended the, mo- the movement. It didn't. But anyhow, let me continue with what Michael has to say here. Grim and alarming UN report details catastrophic global failure on climate. This year has seen fossil fuel emissions bounce back. Of course, greenhouse gas concentrations continue to rise and severe human-enhanced weather events that have affected lives and livelihoods on every continent, wrote United Nations Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez in a foreword to the report. United uh, in Science 2021, unless there are immediate, rapid, and large-scale reductions in greenhouse gas emissions, he continued... Limiting warming to 1.5 degrees will be impossible with catastrophic consequences for people and the planet. Last, the other one from Michael says, Minnesota, DNR fines Enbridge 3.3 million for breaching aquifer during construction of Line 3. Ecocide crimes against nature must be persecuted. You know, we pay 3.5 million, we breach that we breach the aquifer. Oil is in the aquifer, all that kind of stuff gets ah, $3 million, no big deal. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources announced that it will issue the fine referred to the matter to Clean Water District because Minnesota law prohibits appropriation of state waters without prior authorization from the commissioner. Enbridge actions are a clear violation of state law as well as public confidence, said Sarah Strumman, commissioner of the National Citizen Administration. This should have never happened. Okay. Last one from Michael says, uh, DHS expects about 700 people to show up. Uh, we'll see what shows up. I, I am I'm kind of interested to see what it's going to look like. Folks, if you're just joining us on YouTube, please go ahead and give the video a thumbs up. If you're just joining us on, on Facebook, please like the video. That helps our rating. Thank you so kindly. Michael Rodney Segberto, you posted a video of Occupy King with Dr. Thais. Please add a transcript for that video. I don't I can't add a transcript for the video, but if you take a look at the in inside of the thing, I have you know what it what it's about, but as far as it was, I think it was what three minutes or something. Uh, go ahead and uh, if you want to type it out for me, because I don't know that the translation went correctly on YouTube or not. You can feel free to do that. Help us out here, brother. Rose William, hello, Nanette Bird Smith, welcome aboard. May Wood, como estas, mi hermano? Just a quick stop in to say hello from Long Beach. Get ready for a doctor's appointment. I hope you're healthy. Keep it going. ABQ, everyone who puts that plus one has probably left a thumbs up for this show. Okay, I only see four thumbs up. I'd love to see some more. My friend Sincere Lawson said, uh, uh, maybe you should be shadow banned. I follow you pretty closely and still rarely see your posts on my timeline. Yeah, yeah. I strongly believe that. Strongly believe that. Facebook is a meme factory. I mostly post articles. It's no wonder my shares don't go anywhere. But if you, even if you post memes, right, there, there's another trick. You post your meme, you don't put a link on the meme. You make sure the meme is just a photo. It stands a bigger chance. Eric Hayes says, how, and, hello, Eric. How and why are people stuck on a bridge in Del Rio? How safe is this, and how can this current administration do nothing to help? Actually, none of the statements. Uh, the, how can people be stuck under a bridge? Because they came in here so far as best they could from, from Haiti and other places because they think they can get refuge here. Why are they under the bridge? Because there's nowhere else to put them. Or is, or is something got to be done about that? Yes, there are. There are deportation flights. There are places, that, tent cities and all of that that's going up to take care of this influx that's coming in. There's not much you can do about that. Uh, let's see. Egberto Verritasium had a video about clickbait last month. Recommended follow-up after the show. We'll take a look at it, brother. Thank you very much for that. And as far as the administration doing nothing about it, the administration is, in fact, trying to do something about it. 
Uh, the, okay, the duck that quacks. Who has any confidence in Enbridge? Nobody. Peggy Lopez says, hi all. Today is 1394 King Charles VI of France ordered all Jews expelled from the kingdom. Interesting day for all Semites to gather in D.C. The duck that quacks says, surprise, Three Mile Island. People were allowed to continue. I think they just killed another contact worker last week. Trust them. No way. Carl Cox, the police. Uh, let's see. The police and the media help the right, especially the far right. Absolutely all of the times. And work against the left progressive in all phases of the human existence. You have to ask yourself, why do police somehow believe it is okay uh, that they're they're better off. If you notice when you have labor laws passed and all these other lies, laws, there always seem to be some sort of exception for those guys. You know, we keep the police force well taken care of. Everything will be okay. Paul Fleming says, I'm here from ATL. You, anyone having spinning circle? I don't. I, so far, it looks like uh, all the transmission is going correctly. And I don't have a whole lot of drop pockets. And I'm sending at a very high, high rate. However, Egberto, how is Biden administration doing something to tell us? Tell us, please, there are 10 flights that will be leaving a day to alleviate some of the what you see under the bridge. And they're talking about moving the people from under the bridge to different locales along the border. Uh, the problem is they don't get their COVID vaccine until they are processed. They're processed. They get the COVID vaccine. And so, I mean, it, it's, it's a mess. I, I, nobody can argue that it's a mess. But there's another mess. And I want to tell, a bit, before I get into the Occupy and all of that, I just want to point this out. You remember that bomb, that, that missile that was sent off in Afghanistan claiming that this, this, these are people that were about to hit the, hit the airport. And they blew, that, blew them to smithereens. Seven kids got killed and three adults, I believe. And I'm not saying accidents don't happen, right? The reason I'm bringing this up is in war, war is a nasty thing. When we make quote-unquote mistakes, we want everybody to just sit back and say, well, the good old United States make a, made a mistake. When some other country does any other thing that hurts Americans, it's the end of the world. Let me give you proof positive before I get into the show, completely into the show. I'm from Central America, Panama. In 1989, uh, for, before, beforehand, uh, uh, Manuel Antonio Noriega, the then dictator of Panama, was asked by the Bush administration to kind of help them out with the either the Sandinistas or the, the guys in Managua. What's the one from Salvador? Not Manuel Salvador. Um, I think it was the Sandinistas, okay? And, uh, you know, he said no. Uh, so they needed to find a trump-up way to get him out of, get you know, overthrow, overthrow um, Noriega. So they tried everything possible to overthrow Noriega. You know, they tried the coup. They brought in some Rabi Blancos out in that Ford and some others to try to overthrow Noriega. Nothing worked. And the reason nothing worked is you have to understand the population that you're trying, that you're in. And it's funny because the canal zone is right there. But in as much as the canal zone is right in Panama, very few people care to learn much about Panama. But anyhow, so Bush decided he's going to invade Panama. And it's funny because it was a botched job in the first place. It comes in, they brought in the, the airborne, the airborne landed in, in Panama City in the bay. And what apparently they didn't realize, even though, again, they have several bases there, in low tide... You can walk for probably a half a mile into the ocean, and it's just thick, thick mud. And that's where the airborne landed. So there were American soldiers three, four feet deep in mud with Panamanian people saying, Oh, thank you, America, for coming and, bring, and pulling up the soldiers. But that wasn't the only thing then. As soon as they got their foot in, they were ready to overthrow Noriega. How did they do it? Welcome aboard, Jessica Taylor. How did they do it? They decided that the first thing they were going to do is neutralize the, the guard, the National Guard of, the, of Panama. We have three major cities. Panama City, Colón, David. David is in Chiriqui, the interior of the country. Missiles started flying and bombs started. They blew up the, the, they blew up the cuartel... That's the, the base in Panama City. They blew up the base in Colón. They blew up the base in, in David. But here's the thing. 
around each one of these cuarteles, where the, the, the National Guard headquarters are in each of these provinces, there are a ton of people who live there, mostly poor people in tenement buildings and all of that. And they just wiped it out. The stealth fighter, this is 1989, the stealth fight. They, they tested equipment blowing crap up in Panama. Then they said, oh, I think it was like 70 or so American soldiers got killed. I don't, 13 or 7, I don't remember. But it's a, a minute amount of American soldiers got killed. And then they said about 1,000 Panamanians got killed. The UN said it's about 4,000 Panamanians who got killed. But those of us who know where these places are knew that it was 10,000 plus Panamanians who got killed. Mass graves were dug and all that crap from that they blew up was placed in there. Some lives mean more than others. And if you take a look at how that general spoke about the problem that he was forced to talk about them killing innocent kids in Afghanistan and that, oh, we may, we may give them reparations, their parents' reparations, like if money means anything when you've lose, lost your kid. But that is the same way they dealt with Panama. That is the same way they deal with other countries where they indiscriminately let go missiles because if, if they want to get you and you are surrounded by a hundred innocent people, doesn't matter. If we think it's you, the guy that we want, we blow you up. If you're just getting up here, folks, please, uh, on the video, please go ahead and give us a thumbs up on the, on the YouTube video or a like on the Facebook video. It is important that you see that because, remember, the only reason that the military is copping to killing those Afghani kids, it's because they were found out. Okay? Uh, let's see if I have anything else to read before I go to my first video. Refugee problems. Let them all give them temporary housing at some motels cheaper. Don't know about that. Uh, let's see. Refugee problems. Let them give them temporary. I don't think there are enough. There are a lot of people out there. And in that area, there's not like a hell of a lot of motels that can handle that. Jessica Taylor, U.S. authorities are being severely tested after President Joe Biden quickly dismantled Trump administration policies that Biden considered cruel or inhumane, most notably one requiring asylum seekers to remain in Mexico while waiting for U.S. immigration court. Such migrants have been exposed to extreme violence in Mexico and face extraordinary difficulty in finding attorneys. From Eric Hayes' article, which I believe he likely actually read from Michael Rudden. And you, are, you have to realize this, right? Whether they're hiding in, in Mexico or the United States, they're still in dire straits. Humanity dictates that we are better than that. E2247, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Okay. Yeah, Del Rio just has a small amount of people. I know where it's at. I've been there. All right, folks. Um, look, there was a time, and by the way, I'm taking calls today, and I'm going to put the, the thing in there. If anybody wants to call in and talk about Occupy, do you have an Occupy experience you want to talk about? You can give us a call at 346-248-7799, uh, and the ID code is 254-600. Again, the number is 346-248-7799. ID code 254 9091 Those Haitians in Texas hurt my spirit. I hear you. I hear you. Okay. During the Occupy movement, a lot of people thought, oh, these were young guys and they don't know what they want. They don't even know what they're talking about. So I went around the country. I was in Washington, D.C. I was in Providence, Rhode Island. I was in San Diego, California. I was in uh, Houston and we formed our own Occupy right here. In, uh, we formed our own Occupy in Kingwood, Texas as well. I'm going to play you some of that. I, I think I have a clip of that as well. But anyhow, I went straight to uh, one of the young guys and said, hey, what is this all about? I mean, I knew, of course, as a part of the movement, but I was playing the role of uh, the activist journalist, and I want you to listen to this. Hello, so what's your name? My name's Andy Meyer. Andy, are you one of the organizers of this event here? Yes, I am. I'm on the outreach team. What exactly is this here? Occupy Houston is a movement uh, officially to end the corp corporate corruption of our democracy. And what that means is basically uh, we want campaign finance reform. We want to get corporate money out of politics. We see what it's doing to our country, our democracy. It's destroying it. We want criminal prosecutions on Wall Street. We want to see some of these bankers who committed financial fraud during the financial crisis go to jail. So we want accountability on Wall Street. And we want to see an end to corporate personhood and uh, reversal of Citizens United, which is allowing you know money, money to become speech 
Money oh, silences yeah. speech. I love that. Money silences speech. And uh, we want the, the corporate money out of our... Uh, out of our political system, and basically, we we want a recognition that corporations aren't people and don't have the right to just buy anything they want, including our country. Now, interesting enough, it's been said that you guys didn't stand for anything. I asked you one question, and you seem to have a whole list of demands ready to ready to ready to talk about. Do you think they're actually trying to mislead America as far as what you guys represent? Absolutely. Um, I think. Uh, They've they've led a purposeful campaign. I mean, initially it's like Gandhi said: first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. I think we've seen that. The first week, two weeks of uh, Occupy Wall Street, there was a media blackout. Uh, now they're basically in the ridicule stage, right, where they say you're unorganized, you don't have a message, you don't know what you're doing. And I think we're starting to transition even into the fight you stage with, you know, like yesterday, uh, Mayor Blue calling to for the removal of protesters from the Liberty Square. Now, interesting enough, I spoke to. Uh, occupy a person that occupied Boston, a person that occupied Pittsburgh, a person that occupied uh, D.C., and a person that occupied uh, New York today. And each one of them had the same thing to say. Now, my question to you is they're going to have a problem in the next few weeks in that weather is going to probably play an effect on the movement out there. What are your plans for here in Houston? Well, I think we're fortunate being here in the South. The weather's not nearly as much of an issue. And, in fact, you know, November is probably going to be an ideal time for us to be down here. Uh, We haven't been allowed to use tents. Um, So far, the police have not given us too much trouble about the sleeping bags or having tarps over us. But uh, I think really the only concern we have is about the rain. Uh, The cold really is not a problem here in Houston. So uh, we're in a much better shape than somebody in New York. Have you been in contact with any of the other groups across the country? Yes. We've had people that have been to Occupy Wall Street in New York. We've also been in close contact with Austin, Occupy Austin, and I think we've had uh, one emissary group from uh, San Antonio, Occupy San Antonio as well. So, yeah, we are in contact with them, and, uh, you know, we're kind of working together to strategize. Like with today, uh, nationally, there were uh, a campaign October 15th to get out, you know, and protest today. So we had our own silent protest here, and different groups are doing different things, but we're kind of coordinating that together. We're looking at um, a divestment march here in the city of Houston uh, to coincide with New York's call for a divestment campaign from the banks on November 5th, which is Guy Fox Day. So, yeah, we are talking to other groups and coordinating with them, especially here in Texas. Well, Andy, thank you very much for the interview. That was wonderful. Thank you. Hello, sir. What's yeah, that was, um, I mean, that was, <laughs> it's hard to believe. That's 10 years ago, man. That was 10 years ago uh, when, when, I mean, we really had and believed in that we were going to, that that was going to be the thing that toppled everything. But again, it, when you're working against the plutocracy, it is never, ever, ever easy. It requires that you continue over and over and over and over again. Now, it is interesting, right? Because, um, uh, there is, uh, I, I want to play you a, a, another piece from Occupy DC, the kinds of stuff that we were doing. This one I taped in Washington, DC. I don't remember the name. If it's, I don't remember the name of the park where I, I taped it, but I was over there. Uh, we we're doing Occupy, but we were also doing Enough is Enough campaign at the coffee party. We had a we had the whole West Side. I mean, we had something like we were preparing to have ten thousand people out there for the coffee party, and it turned out we chose a weekend where there was a snowstorm. And I wish I could find that video to, to to let you see what what happened. But anyhow, let me go ahead and play that video. That uh, this is Occupy Day, guys. Somebody can call in if they want to to hear some more about Occupy. Or want to specify something they did at Occupy or whatever. Here is one of the things that we uh, he did with fortunes, record profits. And what are they doing with these profits? Are they reinvesting in America? No. They're taking these trillions of dollars and they're investing in manufacturing in foreign countries. Why don't we question their patriotism? We are losing everything. There's your job creators right there. The only jobs that they are creating are for children in sweatshops in China. But they get the bailouts, they get the tax breaks. Whoever said that the 1% got to be a protected class? We paid for the bailouts. We paid for the wars. We paid for all of it. 
And what do they do? They cut our wages. They steal our pensions. They break our unions. Now they want to take away our Social Security. Now they want to take away our Medicare and our Medicaid. Now they even want to take away the benefits from our veterans. We are sick and tired of being servants to the 1%. It's time to end outsourcing our military to enrich the war profiteers who sleep in million-dollar mansions while our soldiers die. It's time to end the so-called dark markets and derivatives. It's time to make transparent banks and their holdings and lending. It's time to make transparent the actions of the Federal Reserve. It's time to make transparent super PACs and 527 groups. It's time to make transparent lobbyists and their meetings with our political leaders. We must get corporate money out of our politics. We must break the stranglehold the multinationals have over our sovereign government. Bank of America just transferred $53 trillion in new derivatives from its holding company to its subsidiary. Its subsidiary has $1 trillion in customer deposits that are guaranteed by the FDIC. That's you and me. That means if any one of these new derivatives go up, we are all on the hook for another fucking trillion dollars. Are you going to support another bailout? No. The 1% have caused global economic destabilization. Why? So that the richest men in the world are in control. These are evil men. And if you think that living as a slave to the 1% is preferable to dying for the vision of America that our forefathers dreamed, then you are the worst kind of a traitor, complacent and apathetic. This is our time. This is our fight. And it is a fight to the death because the alternative is unacceptable. Fuck the super rich. Power. Power to the 99%. Rise up! Rise up! Rise I mean, uh, this was the kind of this was the kind of action that we had in every single state, man. This was the kind of action, and if you notice, these people understood the financial system. You know, they wanted you to believe that it was a whole bunch of dummies out there just raising hell. These were people who understood the entire system and what was going on ten years ago. They were silence and we had to regrow the movement again. We had to slowly grow the movement and we got things like Black Lives Matter and we got things like Swing Left and we got all these other organizations that are pretty much uh, the same people that populated the, the, the Occupy movement. When we go, I went to the Democracy Convention in Madison, Wisconsin and all these different folks that we met all over the country in Occupy, they are still doing the work. They've busted up Occupy by destroying the encampments and trying to put some of the people out of commission, but it all is regenerated. It just takes a lot to get all of this done. Uh, Jesse LaGreca was a young man that Fox News tried to, to do a, a number on. They tried to make him look foolish. And he was one of the, one of the folks who were able to, uh, to, to really get to Fox News. I want to play this little piece here. Uh, uh, to show you how he handled Fox News. Check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's see. There we go. I think that's it. Your, your partner here, colleague. Comrade. Seen, she got, uh, you know, seen the, the protest in Greece and Europe elsewhere. Did you guys take your cue from that? Or are you hoping to incite, you know, certainly what was a lot of attention, if not uh, police activity? I know over the weekend there was over 100 arrests. You guys got things fired up. Taking your cues for the international movement, in, how do you want to see this? In? What do you, what do you 
if you could have it in in a perfect way, how would it be? Well, I don't know. It's really difficult to kind of answer questions leading to those conclusions. I'd say that we didn't take our cue off of anybody, really. It became a more spontaneous movement. As far as seeing this end, I wouldn't like to see it end. I'd like to see the conversation continue. This is what we should have been talking about after 2008 when the economy collapsed. We basically patched a hole on the tire and said, yeah, let the car keep rolling. Unfortunately, it's fun to talk to the uh, propaganda machine in the media, especially conservative media networks such as yourself, because we find that we can't get conversations on the Department of Justice's ongoing investigation of News Corporation, for which you are an employee, but we can certainly ask questions like, you know, why are the poor engaging in class warfare? Now, after 30 years of having our living standards decrease while the wealthiest 1% have had it better than ever, I think it's time for maybe, I don't know, some participation in our democracy that isn't funded by news cameras and gentlemen such as yourself. Okay, but let me give you this challenge, Jesse. Sure. We're here giving you an opportunity on the, uh, on the record with Credit Ancestry to put any message you want out there, give you fair coverage, and I'm not going to in any way That's awesome. be biased about it. So, there is an exception to the case because you wouldn't be able to get your message out without us, yes? No, certainly. I mean, take without for instance us. when Glenn Beck was doing his protest and he called the president a person who hates white people and white culture. That was a low moment in American's history, and you guys kind of had a big part in it. So I'm glad to see you coming around and kind of paying attention with the other 99% of Americans are paying attention to, as opposed to the far-right fringe who would love to just destroy the middle class entirely. All right, fair enough. You have a, a voice and an important reason to, to criticize myself, my company, and anyone else. But let me ask you this. In fairness, does this administration, or President Obama, have any criticism as to the, the financial situation in the country? I think myself, uh, as well as many other people, would like to see a little bit more economic justice or social justice, Jesus stuff, as far as feeding the poor, health care for the sick. You know, I find it really entertaining that people like to hold the Bill of Rights up while they're screaming at gay soldiers, but they just can't wrap their heads around the idea that a for-profit health care system doesn't work. So let's just look at it like this. If we want the president to do more, let's talk to him on a level that actually reaches people, instead of asking for his birth certificate and wasting time with total nonsense like Solange. I want you guys to understand what go, what's, what happens there, man. This is the type of intelligence we had at all those camps through, and it's not just that one that occurred in New York. La Greca was in New York. Now, I met La Greca in D.C. at another conference. I want to play the interview that I did with La Greca, and then we'll take it on the other side. What's your name, sir? My name is Jesse Let me tell you something. You are the guy who actually put Fox News in its place at Occupy Washington in New York. Tell me, what got you the guts to finally do what many have been afraid to do? No, I think a lot of people do it actually. I, I, I kind of suspect that they have a lot more videos like mine out there that never get seen. And I just happen to be lucky enough that someone with a camera like yourself happy to shoot people that want If that guy was to shoot my video, I wouldn't be here today, you know? And I think that we all need to speak out truthfully. You know, when they ask you questions that you don't want to answer, don't answer that question. Tell them your story. Use that few minutes to express exactly what you want to say instead of answering the leading questions that they want to ask to create the narrative that they want to present. So to me, I'm not special, man. There's a lot of people like me. And I encourage those people who are likely to get out there and be direct and say what's on your heart and what's in your mind and speak the truth. They can't beat the truth, man. They got too many lies and the truth is always an answer. You did an excellent job. Now, I hear you're in town to speak at the coffee parties. Enough yeah. is enough. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Uh, I got uh, signed up at the coffee party months and months and months ago um, because, to me, this is about the future. Some arguments want to take us back into the past. Some arguments want to repeal the 20th century. I don't. I want to go into the 21st century. I want to have a future that's sustainable and profitable for everybody, not just about these 1% of corporations that you serve. And to me, the coffee party is involved in now, for me, I enjoy their sport. They do think I support But on the whole, I'm here for my family, here for my friends. And if they want to stand with me for that, then I'm glad to stand with them. Well, look, thank you very much. That was marvelous. Anyhow, um, that is the same guy uh, that I met out there in D.C. He flew down to kind of, he was a part of the conference that we were putting together on the mall in D.C. But anyhow, um, one of the reasons I wanted to expose some of these guys is that the, the notion was that somehow these were some crazy folks just 
do, just being in encampments and raising hell and, and being loud. And what they tried not to get across was the actual intellect in there. People who understood the system. People who understood that the system was rigged, right? That is what they didn't get. And that is what they feared the most. And they were all concerned that if this movement metastasized, that it was going to get real. But they had to find a way that they could really neuter the movement at the right time. They couldn't do it immediately, right? So in Houston, they waited until, you know, things kind of got nasty at the, at the encampment, right? I mean, you, you stay there after a month or so, you have crap all over the place. And Houstonians don't want to come and see all that crap. And they get, you know, eventually that wears off. Same thing with Security Park in New York. I was out there in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, we, we made sure to have the Netroots Convention in Providence, Rhode Island. Same issue occurred out there. Went out to San Diego. Same thing occurred. They all, they all almost at the same time, ran through the system. And it was the end of it. It was the end of it. But anyhow, before that... Uh, we had a great march in, uh, in Houston. It was called the Divestment March. And I documented that as well. Uh, and it, 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 I'm, I'm going to play, play some of it. And eventually, I'm, I think I'm going to stop it in the middle because it's a rather long video. But I want you to see what it was all about. But before I do that, if you are on YouTube now, please go ahead and up arrow. Give us a thumbs up, please. Uh, likewise, uh, please consider joining our PDR Posse. Today is our Occupy 10th anniversary meeting. Zuccotti Park was taken over today, 10 years ago, on September 17th. I remember it well. It was like, finally, a movement that was going to do something. Finally. Today is that day. Please consider becoming a member of the PDR Posse. Click that Join button. Or alternatively, uh, support us at our Patreon. We need a thousand uh, supports on each platform. That's politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Support us on our YouTube platform, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Or uh, consider supporting us via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Likewise, you can uh, go ahead and get all of our books. And you can see the books that we're talking about. It covers all this material. You can get our books at politicsandright.com slash books. If you buy our books at our store, politicsandright.com slash uh, uh, store, politicsandright.com slash store, I'll also give you, uh, I'll sign the books and give you one of our stickers as well, our bumper stickers I'll put in, in, the, in, the, in the case in as well. I want you to see the kinds, of, the kinds of things that we did from the Occupy movement itself. In other words, we went ahead and pulled, uh, used the, the, the same people that were populating the parks and the people that would come in every day. We would have different marches. And there was a reason. It wasn't just marches for the sake of marching. It was also marches for the sake of educating folk. All of us need to be educated. I want you to check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. We will give them a few minutes to get inside so as not to alert cops or bankers. The cops or bankers. Until after they're in the queue to divest. to the banks like Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, that they cannot control this country any longer. They have gotten a bailout on the taxpayers' back. Um, they are not offering loans to individuals or to small businesses like they should. How long have you been out here? 
We have been out here since the morning of October 6, 2011, so almost a month and two and days. Um, I've been occupying with them on a daily basis, but we've had individuals who have been here from day one, spending the night uh, at Tranquility Park. Now, what's your name, man? Cherie. In Lewis, 2008, after they acquired that, they have failed to pay taxes for the remaining years. I'm pretty sure we pay taxes, don't we? Some uh, financial institution that's more socially and financially responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that felt great. Freedom. Freedom. How long have you been banking with Bank of America? I've been banking with Bank of America for about 30 two years, I believe. So after 32 years, you've decided to completely divest all your funds from this bank? My personal account, and I'm working on the other ones, yes. And tell me the exact reason why you did that. The exact reason I took my money out of the account was um, I don't want to support a business that is not financially, you know, responsible, you know? What's your name, man? My name's Rue Ann Glass. You did the right thing. Thank I feel great. Yeah, thank you. doing a responsible job to our to our country, to our economy. They basically irresponsibly invest in other toxic assets and brought down our economy, our country, and our people. And I think we are doing the right thing today by closing the account with them. Thank you very much, sir.
economy. Where is it? We want to know. What, we want to know, Wells Fargo. Jordan Johnson. Symbolically, what was that all about? Symbolically, it's about sending letters from the ground up to the people on the top of the building. And uh, it's so they can hear us, and it's so they can get in touch with us, and it's about the idea of sending messages from the ground up. And uh, the only thing that really separates them and us is glass and steel. What's your name, Jordan Johnson. Thank you. Folks, that is when we knew we were getting traction. I noticed that the, the, the issue with this movement is that the people in the movement knew what was going on and we were actually effecting symbolic changes. We went, in this particular one, we got people on the streets to go back into the bank and close their accounts. That is the kinds of stuff that we were doing on the streets throughout Eastern. We, we went on each bank that had those derivatives, each bank that were screwing over people. And saying symbolically, to put that out there, we know that one bank account or ten bank account doesn't mean anything. But the symbol, the symbol was for people to understand what was going on and seeing that there is some recourse when all of us get together to solve a problem. And that's what we're all doing here and trying to get in the aggregate, right? That... We need to empower ourselves. We have to let folks understand that they don't have to be slaves to the corporate structure. They don't have to be slaves to the plutocracy. We are all now antiseptic slaves. And that is what we're bringing back. That is what we're bringing back. It's a, it's a different form now, but that's what we're bringing back. We, we did some of that with Coffee Party. I want to show you a little uh, spiel that we did at the Coffee Party. This was supposed to have 10,000 people. I think we only got about 1,000 a, a because it was a snowstorm. Check this out. Below freezing, we had hail, we had sleet. Wind was blowing umbrellas inside out. People kept on coming. We stood out there in the rain. We froze our tails off. I could not be more proud of the leaders of Coffee Party more proud of the members of Coffee Party. It was an incredible demonstration of not only our determination to fight for change, but believing in each other and our community that this is something that has to last. This is what the Coffee Party is about. It's about all of us working together and participating in our democracy because that's what it's going to take. That's what democracy is. It's about participation. I don't think I've fallen in love with so many people at once in my life. I went from believing in what we were doing to owning it in every cell of my body. We eventually moved it inside. We packed the place. It was fantastic. Everybody shared their stories. Everybody shared their solutions and ideas. We had a good time. We had a good amount of fellowship. We really came together as citizens, and this is going to be the start of something great. I know, I know that I saw some kind of tsunami of the heart. I saw all of us gelling together. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, Democrat, a left, far left winger, a far right winger, or an independent. They're welcome and your voices are welcome to be heard. We can't just sit back and wait for somebody else to fix it. It's up to us. Let's go out there, change Congress, change America for the whole country, and not just 1%. Let me tell you, those all of that, 10 years ago, brothers and sisters, 10 years ago, we knew, we knew that we were getting there we knew and we also knew that there's a good possibility that what occurred occurred but the one thing we also knew is that we were never ever going to stop bringing people into the movement educating people into the movement and letting people realize that 
We, when empowered, have the power. I'm telling you, we, empowered, have the power. But we have to get there and we have to let people know that they can do it. Folks, please go ahead and if you are on YouTube, click that join button and become a member of the PDR Posse. Please, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and uh, actually let me go ahead and put those links in again. Uh, you can support us via Patreon. You can support us via PayPal. You can support us on the YouTube channel by either clicking on join right there or giving a super chat or... Going to, here we go, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. We got a lot of work to do left. We have a lot of work left to do. And I, you know, I mean, there, when, when I think about what we did sometimes, I get tears in the eyes because it was, it was one of those, po- those moments that could have become a flex point. And you heard what um, Michael Levitin had to say yesterday. And, and get his book because you get a lot. You, you, the, the book has a lot of it. And I, I wrote a blog last night because I wanted to have a, you know, since nobody was given much, much traction to what's, you know, to the Occupy 10-year anniversary, which I thought is a shame, um, I wrote a little piece based on, some of the conversations that, you know, based on the interview that he gave me, you know, uh, he has a, a whole lot of my quotes in, in, in the book. So uh, consider reading this blog here that I'm going to put there and sharing it as well. Um, so anyhow, but we were at that point, folks. We came close. We came close. The plutocracy was really scared to death. They didn't know because this was right after two years after the crash of 2008. And we were starting to reach. We were starting to reach that man. We were starting to reach it. But you have to realize. I got one more short video from Cece. Rest in peace. He was at Occupy Washington DC. Brother of mine. He died earlier this year, uh, just got a heart attack. His wife, Margaret, is also a, a, a doctor that decided okay, to sir, dedicate what's your name? the movement. Uh, my name is Kevin Zeese. That's uh, Z-E-E-S-E. I'm one of the organizers of OccupyWashingtonDC.org. Now, what do you expect to accomplish here, and how long do you expect to be here? Well, we always saw this as the beginning of uh, building an independent movement that will challenge both political parties to end corporate rule and shift power to the people. I understand that you're doing a special speak engagement tomorrow. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, both uh, Margaret Flowers and I, Mark, Dr. Flowers is one of the organizers of this as well. We'll be speaking at the coffee parties event. I guess we're listed as keynote speakers in the evening. Uh, and we're happy to support the coffee party. We see more people get involved in citizen action. And the coffee party is a good tool for that. Great. Now, how long have you been doing uh, this type of activism? We, uh, I've been doing active. I've been doing political advocacy since law school, which is I graduated in 1980. Um, this occupation we started working on in May. We went public in June. Uh, in July, the Adbusters, the Canadian magazine, announced Occupy Wall Street, and that started on September 17th. We immediately endorsed and worked on Occupy Wall Street, uh, and we started our occupation on October 6th, which was the beginning of the 11th year of the Afghanistan War also the first year of the new federal fiscal year. And uh, as, that week, as that new fiscal budget began, it became an austerity budget for everything except for military spending. So we wanted to use this to bring together the economic issues that we face along with the, uh, the uh, ongoing wars that we need to end. Well, thank you, sir, for quite good interview. All right, thank you. Okay, sir. So, folks, I mean, and, and this, you could go ahead and you could... You could go to any encampment, any Occupy encampment. They tried to make us look like we were just some radical crazies out there. And what scared them most is when you went into those encampments, we knew the material. Each one of those encampments had libraries of books. 
for the people who were, because people remember people slept there and they stayed there. Here in Houston, we took food to those people. Several, I took food several times a day. I, di- I didn't stay in the encampment because I had to run Willie's Computers off our company as well. Uh, but you take food and all of that to them, and we were out there. I did several radio shows from out there. I forgot to put some of the pictures that I did with the radio shows out there. But you go to New York. You go to North Carolina. You go to South Carolina. You go to Florida. You go to uh, California. You go to any one of these encampments. You didn't only have people knowledgeable. We had, uh, there, there was a, somebody that was, the librarian, there was somebody that was the cook, there was somebody that was the nurse. I mean, we had all of that set up to make sure that it was a total, total, complete, very well-designed pushback on the plutocracy. We thought we were going to do it. But as usual, we have to build, when you build these movements, you have to build them wide and deep to give it staying power. And that's what all of us here can do. We can all participate in building the movement that will finally allow us at some time, it's not going to happen in one year, it's not going to happen in two years, it's not going to happen in five years, but it's a slow creep to make sure all of us are working towards what's right for all of us. And, what, and, and, and I, I hate to put it that way you know, in, in a financial matter, but I'm going to. Daily Coast need your support. Op-Ed News needs your support. Common Dreams need your support. All of these are .org or .coms. They need your support. You see, every day there's a pop-up. Hey, donate because we need... Every time I come on, when I get a chance, remember, please support the program. Please support. Because we have to realize that the big boxes, the big TV networks, all these guys, they're supported, yes, by whom? By those who must, by definition, make sure that most of us don't do too well. They're the guardians of the gate. The executives in these corporations that make so much more than the folks who actually make the products, than the folks who actually do the services. They are the guardians of the gate. They control the media. They control everything. And even the platform that we are on. Why do I only have right now, today, 13 actively watching 300 over time? A thousand, it'll, take, it'll take a whole day for this one to reach. I mean, why? Because we're not in control. You see? Why is it that this channel has 20-something thousand people who should be getting notifications every time the show goes up? And how many of you tell me, Egberto, I don't get the notification that you're there? I wonder why. I don't get a notification. Now, if I did something and started acting goofy, you will get the notification. I've done the tests. We need your support. Support, give little support to all these different networks like mine, networks like you get on, uh, uh, like I said, always saying, look, we're, we're running low. Daily Coast, same. Uh, Op-Ed News, same. And I can, and rag after rag, uh, I mean, please, if we are to make that change, we got to support those of us that are out there doing the work. So again, self-serving now, please go to politicsandright.com slash support and support us in whatever, whatever uh, you can. Um, yeah, I know Nanette, my show is doing a lot of work hours. That's why I play, that's why I have it in podcast fashion. So this show, when I'm done, it's, it's packaged as a podcast, it's packaged as videos, it's packaged all over the place. And then some of the snippets go on to KPFT 90.1 FM on their servers and, and we watch it. But anyhow, I got to get out of here. We're, we're, we're a little bit ahead, I mean, time. So thank you so kindly for being here. I know you have other places that you can be, but you're here. Please support us. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. 
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.